Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. There is no better group of plants for flower power than forms of the shrubby potentilla. Producing single rows like flowers continually from June to the first frost. Hello and welcome to This Week in the Garden. I'm Peter Seabrook, here to help with your gardening quandaries. My guest this week is Julian Ives of Dragonfly who I'll be talking to about the biological control of pests, including caterpillars and clothes moths. My thanks to Sutton Seeds, sponsors of this podcast. Strong winds and squally showers uh, over the hilltop at the RHS Hyde Hall Garden last Saturday created demanding conditions for summer flowering bedding. But it was surprising. You know, some of the latest hybrids, things like Beautical, the cross between Petunia and Calibricoa, oh, and most of the modern begonias, they stood up to uh, that really rough weather very well indeed. Additionally, over the weekend, I spent a little time in uh, a neglected walled garden, about three acres of it, built in the 1850s. You know, you have to admire what the Victorians did. Ten-foot-high walls, I would think 12 or 15 inches thick, that were the support, the backbone, of a long range of lean-to greenhouses. Uh, The greenhouses are long gone, wood-rotten and disappeared. But if you went down into the cellar, at the back of this wall and saw uh, how well they built these things with the heating unit that went uh, hot air up between the wall and into uh, vents into the greenhouses. Remarkable. Boy, they must have had some money. They knew how to build things. And just think, 30 or 40 gardeners in three acres, they must have grown some fantastic crops. There's plenty of news this week. More Wyvale Garden Centres sold. You know, that big centre, Bridgemere, up in Cheshire, has gone to Blue Diamond. The Wyvale Cheltenham has been sold to Webbs. And the head office and garden centre at Sion Park has closed. You know, there are several really skilled members of staff, but uh, from all I hear, they're not finding difficulty getting jobs Skilled horticulturists are very much in demand. Last week it was the Dutch uh, planetarium display in uh, Boskoop in Holland and that saw the introduction of another 42 new plants, including from the UK, uh, Primula, Alioli, from uh, Hensham, a Clematis Vicky from Guernsey, Rudbeckia, Turid, 
uh, raised by John Turid of King's Lynn, and the salvia Amethyst Lips from uh, Walsingham, bred by David Dyson. Plenty of new things coming along to uh, keep the interest in gardening. Uh, I was interested to hear too from Johnson's of Wixley that they're celebrating their best year on record for cash and carry. Up by 32%. Boy, that's some increase, isn't it? And the department is run by John Richardson's grandson, Luke. Regular listeners may remember that John was uh, interviewed here uh, last year. Fascinating story of how he took over the nursery of Johnson's at Wixley. Less uh, pleasing news is that the Hargreaves plants has gone into administration. They were major suppliers of asparagus, soft fruit and rhubarb, so goodness knows what's happened there. I was interested to read too that trials by fruit growers are training apples at a 45 degree angle facing south to get more sunlight onto the fruit. I mean, they're shaped uh, like um, the electrical, the electricity generating uh, solar panels that we see in fields. I wonder about that because I noticed that two or three fruits on the top of my Bramley in the garden have been scorched, just really, literally, the tops of the apples burnt after that uh, 90 plus degree temperatures we had for several days. But moving on, what do we need to be doing in the garden at this time of the year? Well, it won't be long before we have to plant uh, Japanese onion sets, shallots and garlic. Uh, we've got an offer coming up uh, in the sun for them. And it's one thing that we can do, get the soil cultivated after lifting potatoes or one of the summer crops and just pop in these, uh, could you call them bulbs? Certainly the onion sets are very easy. You just push them into the ground at about nine-inch spacing and stand well back. I find them very useful. You know, you'll be uh, harvesting onions, shallots and garlic next to June and pretty good crops too. The garden centres are reporting very good sale of Christmas potatoes. Now, that's a bit of a luxury. You know, you just buy a few potatoes... Uh, that have been cold stored and specially treated, you pop those into pots. I think pots are the easiest way. If you've emptied some out and eaten the potatoes, well then I would try using them again. Be careful that you keep them well watered. Shortage of water this year on uh, some potato crops uh, has made the resulting tubers, when they're cooked, very flowery and collapsing in the water. If you have that problem, well, I'm afraid you have to bake them or roast them. But it's a bit aggravating. Out and about at Hyde Hall, I was uh, stopped and asked several questions. One gentleman has got a, a big bed of Alstroemeria on the allotment. And he said the quality of flowers is going downhill fast and there's big bare patches. That's probably one of the old Ligtu hybrid or... Uh, uh, or Antiaica alstroemerias, uh, but uh, it, whatever they are, and certainly the new hybrids like uh, Indian Summer, Summer Breeze, uh, 
they will grow very vigorously. And in the spring, with a bit of care, uh, you can get a spade and chop a lump out and transplant them. They will divide. But I would like to recommend that uh, you get one or two plants of Indian sunset. It's a fabulous plant, dark-leaved, a pretty deep yellow to orange and then crimson marked and spotted flowers. But it's not that. It's the quantity of flower they produce. People are at last learning that you don't cut them. You just pluck them, just pull the plant, pull the stem from the plant, uh, trim off the bottom piece, and they last for two or three weeks in water. I've got several brown spots on the lawn. Coarse grasses were pretty well killed out when we had that really hot, dry weather. And if you do have some bare patches, well, then just rake them, scratch them out. Uh, and in two or three weeks' time, when the weather's showery, just reseed with a bit of fresh seed. It's almost like darning a sock. Don't just sow the bare patch. Sow out into the grass surrounding it so that you don't have a different colour grass in that bare spot. At the Royal Horticultural Society's Hyde Hall Garden in Essex, there's a fluoroselect nasturtium trial. Some 78 of them, two metre long rows. So you can imagine, must be, I don't know, 40 yards in this big rectangular bed. And the cabbage white butterflies have really found them. Their caterpillars are beginning to completely defoliate some of the plants. Julian Ives from Dragonfly has the answer. Now, Julian, how are you today? How is it in uh, Colchester? Yeah, no, fine, thanks, Peter. We're having a, having a busy season, so there's plenty of uh, pests about to keep us busy. So could you explain what your company does, how long you've been there, and the way life is going? Dragonfly um, was set up about 10 years ago. Basically, our remit is to provide biological or natural pest control to gardeners. So we will look for natural solutions um, for garden pests, mainly using beneficial insects. So we'll find uh, the relevant beneficial insect and offer it as a solution for controlling various insect pests. And um, that's been growing in popularity quite significantly over the last decade, particularly over the last five years. We're finding that there's a, a big demand and interest in, in our products. And it's not a new development as such, is it? I mean, we had white fly and red spider control under glass uh, for some time. Yes, that's right. Uh, biological control has been used um, for many years, particularly in, in professional horticulture, in under glass. So your sort of large tomato growers, pepper growers, those sort of growers have been using biological control for many years, partly because the supermarkets have pressurised them to to do so because they don't want any chemical residues left on the plants that they they, they market. So biological control is, is, is very commonplace amongst professional growers. And what we do at Dragonfly is, is convert that sort of technology, if you like, into a format which, um, which gardeners and consumers can use. Now, I, I often have a problem with red spider in my polytunnel, particularly on cucumbers. And I see that uh, you recommend... Amblyseus, rather than the phytocelis that 
were sort of standard. Can you explain the difference between the two and when we should use what? Yes. Traditionally, we always used to use phytocelius, which is the, probably the one that you're more familiar with because that's the, the one that's been around for many years. Um, and that, that is still our favoured um, predator in the right conditions. Um, the problem with phytocelius can be that if there's um, not very much spider mite or it's not warm enough, it doesn't survive very long. So what we like to suggest is using um, a predatory mite you can put in quite early on, um, so it's quite tolerant of, of lower temperatures, and it can also survive on pollen and other mites it might find. So you can actually get a little predator population built up on the plant, sometimes before the main spider mite um, population appears. So it's, it's almost a sort of preventative treatment, not quite, um, but sometimes it can be. And then when the conditions warm up, and perhaps when spider mite comes down from, from its hibernation period, and the conditions are warm, then you can supplement that with the with the use of phytocelius. I mean, the phytocelius, as well as not liking cold, it can be upset by very high temperature, can't it? Yes, that that's true. Sometimes, um, in very warm conditions, they'll they'll move down the plant, um, literally to sort of find a sort of cooler spot, and you'll find the spider mite sitting at the top, um, quite happily. Um, causing mayhem at the top of the plant and webbing and things and the the phytocelius doesn't always like to go up there so we would recommend perhaps just misting the top of the plant to to try and create the right environment for the phytocelius um, or perhaps you know adding some of our other predators who, who are a little bit more tolerant to higher temperatures. I mean there is quite a lot of detail to learn isn't it? I mean it's fascinating what's been done in terms of developing these biological controls. It is. I mean, when I started um, in biological control back in the sort of 1990s, we had perhaps four or five insects that we could work with. Now we've, we've probably got several hundred in the UK that we can work with. So it's the, the amount of beneficial insects that are available um, for various different pests has, has really um, expanded out and, and got, got really exciting. We, we can offer solutions for, for most pests, not everyone yet, but most. Now, what about our cabbage white butterfly then at, at uh, Hyde Hall? Uh, <laughs> there are getting some quite big caterpillars knocking about. Uh, and I believe you've supplied a treatment uh, which went on last Wednesday or Thursday. But we have to watch the weather with them, don't we? Yes. Yeah, so what, what we're doing with the cabbage whites is um, we're effectively trying to, to, to break their life cycle. So um, what we're going to do with the trial at Hyde Hall is we're going to, we're going to introduce two, two beneficial insects. Um, we're going to introduce a little parasitic wasp called Trichogramma, um, and that's supplied on a little card that will hang amongst the plants. And that will fly around the plants looking for the actual eggs of the cabbage whites. And that will parasitize the eggs and hopefully stop them developing into the caterpillars that that we all see and don't like causing the damage. So that's sort of one um, stage of the, of the attack, if you like. And then for any that they um, miss uh, or perhaps for any caterpillars that are already there, we're going to introduce nematodes. Um, and we're going to use the nematodes in a slightly different way than we normally do. Nematode, with nematodes normally, which are microscopic earworms basically, we normally water them into the ground to attack things like slugs and vine weevil grubs. Um, but when, when we use them like this, it's quite different. We're actually going to spray them 
directly onto the caterpillar on the leaf. So it's quite a, a different way to use nematodes. And as you say, the conditions are quite critical to the to the success because um, nematodes are UV sensitive, so they don't like sunlight, and they've only got a couple of hours on the plant um, to survive. So we basically, we need to get them into contact with that caterpillar very quickly. So if the conditions are moist or or dull, or we have a bit of wet weather, that's that's the best conditions for putting nematodes on. Um, can be a bit tricky if we've got very bright days, very hot days. Um, we might need to consider applying them earlier in the day or later in the day in that case. And can we actually de detect when they're being effective? It's slightly more difficult with the, with the parasitic wasps um, because what happens with them is the, the, the cabbage white tends, or the large cabbage white tends to layer a cluster of eggs, usually on, on the underside of the leaves. They're quite visible, yes. Um, and that also makes it quite um, well, easier, shall we say, for this particular parasite to find them because they're laying in clusters. Some, some butterflies and moths will lay, lay just as individuals, which can be a bit more tricky for them to find. But um, with the fact that they're laying them in clusters, that, that makes it a bit easier for the parasite. So the parasite will come along and it'll, it'll inject its egg into the um, cabbage white egg. And that's not initially that easy to tell whether that's happened or not because they'll, they will change color eventually, but it takes a, takes a little while. So uh, after a period of time, the egg will turn black and then um, the, the parasitic wasp will emerge from the egg and then go on to try and find some more eggs. So that's, that's how it effectively stops the, the caterpillar life cycle or the cabbage white life cycle. So that's quite useful because it's continuing, isn't it, in a natural way. So if, if, if one of these tiny wasps finds a good cluster of eggs, then you've got, I don't know, 10 or 20 wasps hatching in due course uh, to continue the good work. That's right. They're, they're multiplying all the time. So, yes, you are sort of building up your own population. I mean, these, these insects are, are in nature anyway. Um, any insects that we release are all are all native to the UK. So we've we've probably got um, very low numbers of these parasites um, around all the time. But the the problem is we don't quite have enough to to to, to give the level of control that we need. So what we're doing is we're putting in reasonably high numbers to get that sort of knockdown effect. And then what about the nematode? Is there any way of seeing? Um, how that's being effective? I mean, do the caterpillars swell up or do they just shrivel or what happens to them? Yes, um, it's, it's, it, it is possible to see the, the caterpillars um, sort of under, uh, when, when they've received an attack, if you like. It's not instantaneous again, but what, um, what a nematode does is it actually um, finds an entrance of the caterpillar, um, finds its way into the body of the caterpillar and releases a, a natural bacteria inside it so it's actually the bacteria releases inside the caterpillar that's that's killing the uh, caterpillar, not the nematode itself. It's this, this natural bacteria that's produced, and they basically use the caterpillar then as a, a sort of food source. It becomes almost like a it's fairly gruesome. becomes like a soup really, um, and it it breaks down. So eventually you'll get a very sort of um, uh, <laughs> rather unpleasant-looking, squashed-up um, caterpillar on, on the on the leaf, uh, which eventually does sort of literally explode to release more nematodes. So you, yes, you can get a sort of gooey-looking nematode, a uh, gooey-looking caterpillar on the leaf um, when when they've been infected. And the with caterpillars nematodes. tend to be in groups and clusters, don't they? You know, as they hatch from the egg, inevitably, 
So I suppose if you do get one infected caterpillar, there's a very good chance that the nematodes will naturally increase and spread again. Yes, yeah. that's right. Yep, because if they're going to come into contact, as you say, when they're a group, um, they're, they're going to come into contact with, with infected ones and, and spread that way. So that, that, that is good. It's just, just a little bit more difficult with them being on the surface rather than the ground. We've just got to apply them when it's dull and overcast and with lots and lots of water and, and moisture if possible. Now, going through your, your list um, on the internet, I see things like box tree moth, chafer grub killers... A spider mite we've mentioned, lace wings, ladybirds, leather jackets, mealybug. I mean, you know, you, you, <laughs> you have quite a library of controls there. Yes, we do. Um, and and, and, and it's, it's expanding all the time. I mean, for instance, you mentioned chafer grubs and leather jackets. Um, they have, have particularly come to the fore recent years because the traditional chemicals that used to be um, permitted for, for use against them have, have largely been banned. So for gardeners, they've suddenly arrived at a point where they haven't got anything they can go to a garden centre and buy to, to counter those pests. So um, we've been working using nematodes against chafers and leather jackets for several years now. Not an alternative in a way. It's, it's actually the only solution on the market now. And, and the best or likely symptom of shaver grub is if birds or badgers suddenly tear up the lawn uh, going for these uh, chafer grubs, you know, quite big, aren't they? Uh, and, so, and if you control the chafer grub so that's not there, then you haven't got the other invaders tearing up the turf. Well, that's absolutely right. I mean, uh, some people will tell you that it's actually the secondary damage from from the chafers and the birds, which is more serious than the the actual damage from the grubs themselves, because they, you know, once you get a badger uh, on on the turf, it it literally devastates huge areas by ripping back the turf. And I've I've seen countless golf courses and large gardens with with horrendous damage from from badgers coming in. So what what we're trying to do is to to knock back the chafer grubs to a level where they're not attracting these um, these larger animals to to come and destroy the lawns. I also notice clothes moths. Now they're a real problem, aren't they, in a number of households? So, so how do how do you, how do you get into clothes moths from garden pests, and what do we do about them? Yeah. Yes. Well, it's an interesting parallel, really, because um, as as in the gardening sector where we've lost a lot of chemicals for controlling pests, so have sort of households as well. So your sort of traditional mothballs and things um, have all been banned. So householders are left with this sort of well what do we do so we looked at this a few years ago and um, clothes moth um, eggs can be parasitized by the same little parasite we're using against the the cabbage whites so it's actually the same little parasite um, that we use against the cabbage whites that we can also use against clothes moth eggs so instead of putting your sort of traditional mothball in the in a wardrobe now you can actually hang up a little card of parasitic eggs to find the the egg of the clothes moth and just like with the cabbage whites really we're trying to to break the life cycle so they don't get to the to the to the later stages of the life cycle now julian what's the general thing that uh, most home gardeners can do to keep their gardens uh, pretty well pest free and healthy um well i think i think the, the it's, it's a sort of set of steps really so the the, the first step is is to, um, to 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 look for alternatives to garden chemicals so you don't you don't reach the spray bottle anymore um, the second one is to sort of create 
the right environment for beneficial insects. So if you if you plant lots of plants with lots of pollen-bearing um, capability, or basically wildflowers or, or plants which are heavy pollen-bearing, that that will attract lots of beneficial insects into the garden anyway. So that that will attract natural ones, and the fact that you're not spraying anyway, um, that won't kill off any natural ones. So if you can if you can create the right environment, that's the sort of first step. And then after that, um, if you have specific pests that, are, that are do appear, then you know obviously you can look at companies like ours to to provide a, a natural solution in, in the form of a, a beneficial insect. Julian's fascinating speaking to you. Uh, I'm sure I'll be worrying you again, uh, and we'll be watching those nasturtiums up at Hyde Hall like a hawk. <laughs> Thanks very much for today. Thank you very much, Peter. Thanks a lot. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello? Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. What's on? Well, my thoughts are a bit different this week. I suggest you just keep your eyes open as you travel about. It's even worth taking a few minutes to walk through suburban streets and just see some of those gardens that uh, really are well-tended and attractive. I was travelling back from Jellet's Hill in Berkshire and actually stopped on a village green to look at two cottages that were absolutely ablaze with colour. It's amazing what people do. And that bit of colour just lifts our lives, I feel. My quote for the week, You never forget it if it's written down. And really, that's a two-edged sword, because if you take the time to stop and write it, then it's really impressed in the memory, and it helps you just to record it. If ever I go to a, a press briefing or a set of trials, I always have my notebook and pen. Writing it down, stopping to think about it and write it down, is a tremendous aid to the memory. I don't understand why so many people just stand there and listen. It goes in one ear and out the other. There we are. You never forget if it's written down. My thanks to Sutton Seeds, sponsors of this podcast, and also my producer this week, Rich Jarman. I look forward to joining you next week.
hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 